0: Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? Then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today I'm talking with my friend Maddie Cook. She is on Instagram at Boss Your Salon. We're talking all about pricing and boundaries, but not in a way that you're used to. We're going to talk about the mindset behind it. A lot of times we are our own worst enemy when it comes to pricing our services, raising our prices, um, sticking to our policies, all of the things. So Maddie and I are going to get into it heavy today, um, and I absolutely love chatting with her for a million different reasons, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy it as well. But before we get into it, I wanted to give you a heads up. I only have a couple spots left for one-on-one coaching for 2022. And let's be real, the end of the year is coming quick. Now, who is my coaching for? It is for the stylist who is ready to dig deep and heal your relationship with money. If you have tried getting your financial shit together before, but that old way, that old narrative, that Dave Ramsey restrictive, I can't do anything did not work for you, then before we get started, I just want to remind you that I have a five ways to find money cheat sheet just for you. It's 100% free. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Um, this cheat sheet is saving people some money, friends. Like, I'm talking real money. Um, Ashley from Bear Boutique, she has already saved $800 just in the last month. We have um, Hot Mess Holly. Uh, that is her Instagram handle, by the way. Way <laughs> she is up to $575 just from using these things in this cheat sheet. Again, it's 100% free. Go ahead and grab it. You can find it in the link in my bio in the Instagram, or like I said, hop down on the show notes. Um, Put some more money back in your pocket, guys, without actually having to put some more work in the salon. Um, This is all stuff you can do in your personal life rather than um, adding more hours to your work or selling more retail or all the other things. So go grab it. It's yours. Um, And enjoy this conversation with me and Maddie Cook. Hi, Maddie. Welcome back. Hello. Thanks for having me back. How are you today, or good. should I say tonight? Your time.
1: Tonight, yeah. Lunch, well, tea time, yeah, whatever time you call it. Um, yeah, I'm good. Busy, busy, but um, good. I'm, a, I'm preparing to go on holiday. Well, it's a business trip. I'm not allowed to call it a holiday. Right. <laughs> if anyone <laughs> asks. <laughs> um. Yeah. Prote- um. Coming over to well, not your neck of the woods. Probably like about a million miles away. But I'm I'm in the states. So, where are you I coming
0: think. to? I this
1: time I'm going to LA and then I'm there for a conference and then I come back and then I'm going to Vegas, Chicago, and New York.
0: Oh nice. New
1: York's close.
0: I'm about seven hours from New York. I love how that's close. Like seven yeah. hours from me is like Paris. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like I can like run up and have lunch with you yeah. or anything, but Yeah,
1: yeah. Not, like I'm <laughs> giving a jump, but like in the grand scheme of things, like you it's a like map. a one-hour flight, though. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. suppose it's same for us to London. But yeah, super excited.
0: Awesome, awesome. So before we get started, tell the people that are listening. I know you've been on before, but yeah. tell the people that are listening who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, sure. So my name is Maddie Cook, also known as Your Salon. Um, it gets a bit confusing. People think I only work with salons, but I now predominantly work with like freelancers. So over there, I guess it would be like booth renters and uh, stuff like that about uh, people who work from home or mobile which we do a bit of over in the UK and my kind of specialisms in pricing um the number side the mindset side the kind of marketing side of it and things like that I just like to help people earn properly and not be like scraped along and having wobblers when it comes to money
0: right right yes well I love that well especially now with the rebrand of the podcast the cash confidence mm-hmm. stylist Yes. um let's it. talk a little bit about pricing and kind of the behind the scenes of it. Cause I think a lot of times we think that it's just a number, right? Yeah.
1: So I, I like love numbers. Um, the thing that I do the most of is I have like a price and calculator and it, it works out all the numbers and bells and whistles and so forth. Yeah. But what I have found in the, in the work that I've done with people and I've taught now about 13,000 people about pricing, um, is that it's probably 90% mindset 10% numbers Mm -hmm. I think the numbers are really helpful to give you the kick up the bum because you can't unsee them so once you've seen them especially if it's for the first time because loads of people come to their price and buy copying other people guessing whatever so sometimes the you know I love numbers because you can't argue with them like they are what they are you know black and white Um, But the mindset is like so, so important because it's, it shouldn't be, but we're so attached to our pricing and what our pricing says like about us as a person and, you know, we're creatives and we we make things from our, you know, hands and whatever. Um, Yeah, I think, I feel like mindset is such a big thing and also from a client's perspective, like the psychology of it, of pricing and value and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I remember when I was, um, gosh, maybe 10 years in, and I remember my number, right? Like everyone has that, that number that they like are terrified to go over. I remember it was like $200. And I remember, yes. And like, I remember like a ticket coming up to like 225 and me being like, just charging 175, just because like 200 sounded so crazy, you know? And then now like 10 years later, it's like a $400 tickets, like no big thing, but Why do you think that is? Like, why is it a fear behind it? Is it like a self worth yeah. thing?
1: Yeah, I think from from what you know, I've, I was behind the chair for like twelve years, so I have like my own experience, and and that of like the teams I've worked with, and obviously the the many people I've worked with pricing, um, on pricing with, and so much of it is this fear of like, what does me charging this say about me? And it's actually like an approval thing. It's it's like. There's a bit of an internal thing about it but a lot of times external so it's like um i ask people like what's your biggest fear like what is your biggest challenge or fear around like raising your prices to where they should be and it's almost always well the, the main one is i'm going to lose my clients mm-hmm. um but a lot of it is like i don't know if i'm worth it like i don't know like have i done this long enough what will other people think there's someone else who sits next to me and they don't charge that much but they've done it for longer will they think i'm a dick for charging more than them Will the salon owner think I'm a dick for charging more than them? Lots of like, I'm a dick, like a, lo- a yeah. lot of, yeah, a lot of that kind of thought process. And it's like, do I deserve it? And and yeah, like there's so many people who say when they've charged, you know, they'll charge a higher price and they'll follow it to their client with, is that okay? So they'll be like, oh yeah, it's like four, two, five. Is that okay? And I'm like, in my and I used to say this as well. So everything that I teach, like I absolutely was guilty of, like I've done all of them. And for me, well, one thing I did is I replaced the words, is that okay with, how do you want to pay? So Mm -hmm. this is the price, card or cash. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) almost like rewiring that pathway where I'm like, we don't ask if it's okay. And I also started, like, whenever I bought stuff, this happened, this went off like two weeks. I always imagined the person who told me the price asked me if it was okay. So I'd like fill my car up. And they'd be like oh it's like 70 84 and I just imagine them being like is that okay and I'd be like no yeah <laughs> like, it's not and I don't want to pay that sucks or like you're in, you know you're in the supermarket or you're buying a paper or whatever and I just thought isn't it just the most wild thing ever that we ask a person is that okay like they're in your chair you've done the job that you agreed to do like contractually this is they've chosen a service or so you've consulted and you've delivered it why why do we ask that and I think it's like a confidence thing like if we seem unconfident in our prices policies or anything else how can we expect clients to feel confident and if i was going somewhere else and they asked me that i'd be a bit like oh, are the prices okay like should i be doubting them because i wasn't until you you know you've just said that
0: yes 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 i talk about this a lot because if you're not confident in yourself how are your clients going to be confident in you yeah And I think too, one of my biggest pet peeves that I see stylists do all the time is over explain. So when it comes to pricing, they're going to over explain, or they're going to be like, you know, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's $400 today, Mm -hmm. but this is why, and nobody asked one, you know, and the, and the over explaining actually brings your confidence level down rather than just, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like rather than just being like, yep, that's $400 today, you know, Mm -hmm. are you going to pay like you said you know (laughs) like exactly
1: yeah it's all it's all in the same vein isn't it it's all this like lack of confidence and you've you've just kind of led me onto this but a lot of people say like i'll do it when i feel confident and i'm like honestly like if you are waiting for the confidence to do a price increase like you're going to be waiting a really long time Mm -hmm. i have never felt like rock solid confidence in the increase even when i've used my calculator so even when i know the numbers are like a dead cert. I'm I'm confident in the price, like that it's the correct price for the work that I'm doing. But when you're going out and telling a person that or, you know, maybe making an announcement or whatever, by human nature, that feels uncomfortable because it's, you know, you're putting your head above the parapet, you're getting out of your comfort zone, you're putting a, a different price tag on the work that you're doing. I think the survival part of your brain will always say, this feels pretty scary, like we don't really like this. But for, I always say like do not wait for the confidence to come because I don't think it ever will like for me It's always come on the back of doing this scary thing so I remember the, one of the biggest increases that I did was the salon had hit the in the UK We have like the VAT threshold So it's like you, you literally hit a figure and then you have to add 20% on then you mm-hmm. class as like an unpaid tax collector for the government So you collect it from your client and give it to the government. You don't it kind of sucks, but whatever Um, So I had to just add 20% on straight up up, and then my, I do hair extensions, my supplier put like a really big increase on and it was January so I had like the psychology of like, it's Christmas, it's January, everyone's, everyone's skin. Um, And luckily I I went away and did it, I did the price increase like exactly where I needed to be and I was absolutely shitting myself, like the first client that came in and um, and she's lovely I remember who it is and she got a bunch of stuff so like I'd removed her extensions one of my team did a full you know colour refresh then I fit a new head of extensions. so the whole bill had gone up like I don't know maybe 200 pounds or something so I was like behind the desk and I was like here you go here's your total <laughs> and she just didn't even bat an eyelid she paid she was like thanks so much girls oh by the way can you know I'm getting married in a few months can I just make sure I've got everything for that and I just remember this like wave I was like ah, <sighs> it's fine. Like, it, it's fine. It's gonna be okay. So that was the confidence came after the thing. I think if I was waiting for it, I'd have just been waiting. It would never have come ever.
0: God, I totally agree. I I mean, I've been doing here now for it'll be 20 years next year. Wow. And I have always been nervous raising my prices. Mm -hmm. And this past summer I raised them higher than I've ever raised them. Cause I've always done like small jumps, like $5, $10 a service, things like that. This time I went up like, um, $20 an hour
1: for the first time
0: and not a single person as bad as an eye. It's wild. It was so, and I was so scared to send the email still, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. after all this time and knowing all the things that I know, just like you said, it's still uncomfortable. And it's like, st- no but I mean, I even, it, it's just crazy to me. And then I'm like, why do I do this to myself?
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's like a science behind it. There's like, there's a part of your brain that is kicking in when that happens. It's your amygdala, and it's like a throwback from prehistoric days, like before we were humans. And that part of our brain is still there that was, it would help us run away from like predators that were going to rip your head off. And it's not as helpful now because we don't live in a world full of like, Angry dinosaurs, or whatever,
0: a little bit, but yeah, um,
1: yeah, yeah, don't get me <laughs> started on our current government, but anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like obviously less for, for all people, less dangerous, but it's it does it needs to be there because if it didn't, if it wasn't there, we would die pretty quickly, we'd get in really dangerous situations. Like, if you're crossing a street and someone comes hurtling around the corner, like before you even think about it, you're back on the sidewalk, as you say, back on the pavement. and before you've even thought you don't sit and go, right. How fast are they going? Do I have time? You just, it just does it, which is brilliant to keep you alive, but frustratingly, This exact same part of your brain kicks in when you're doing a price increase because it goes, this isn't the normal thing that we do. This is not our, this is not what we did last week. We know that how we lived last week is okay and it feels safe and comfortable. So anything that upsets that feels the same as like, we're about to die. Like this is terrifying. And, and that's when it feeds the all this like, Kind of bullshit stuff and you like all this stuff that you believe where it's like you will be the worst person ever you will get bad reviews all your clients will leave and because it's our voice like it's our internal monologue we're like wow i believe it like it's me right (laughs) of course i believe me so it's like what really helped me was actually understanding that like the the science of it so when i start to have that feeling i kind of go thanks brain thanks for keeping me alive cool I don't really need you for this like this is not as dangerous as is what you maybe think it is so i'll like maddie the human adult will just continue and do this so being able to kind of realize that that's it's doing me a favor it's trying to help me it's not it's just you know it doesn't it's not programmed for the modern day so that that was really helpful for me knowing like the psychology of it
0: yes that has helped me in so many aspects of my life because i actually try and look at fear now as excitement
1: Yes, there's that thing, is it Iran Pahad or something like that? So it's like the two, the two fears. And I was reading about this, and I, I laugh because um, I, I love roller coasters. So like, I love like Universal Studios. Like the faster the better. I I want to go Six Flags when I'm when I'm over there, and I can't wait. And my husband just doesn't like them. just not for him. And we'll be in the line for a, a roller coaster. And I'll be like, oh, oh, he'll be like, oh, God, I don't feel good. I feel like lightheaded. I feel like dizzy, like my stomach's turning. And I'm like, yeah, I feel all of that too. But like, is that not excitement? And he's like, no, that's terror. <laughs> like, we right. We even have like the same the same physical like manifestations of this feeling. But I, I interpret them or my brain interprets this as like, this is fun. This is exciting. I can't wait for this. Whereas his is like, oh, I think we're going to die if we do this. So... Yeah, that's it. And it's seeing, and I think it's a mindset thing, isn't it? Of of that growth mindset of seeing things as obstacles to be overcome or challenges to be dealt with rather than this is a roadblock, I can't do this. It's like, yeah, yeah, this doesn't feel comfortable, but actually I know that good things live on the other side of discomfort a lot of the time.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the whole getting out of your comfort zone thing, I think people... Sometimes people think it has to be the big thing, right? But it is, it's the tiny things you do every day. I mean, even yeah. something stupid, like I go on bike rides in my neighborhood all the time. Yeah. And today I was like, I'm gonna go outside of my neighborhood. Ooh. Yeah. And it's like, it's really small and, and not that like, like significant, mm-hmm. but to my mind, it's like, do something different. Get out of yeah. your comfort zone. Stop looking at the same thing. Go by yourself and look at something different. And And little things like that, I feel like yeah. go a long way when it is time to make a big change right because you can just yeah. remember oh remember when i went that way instead and gosh it was so pretty and i'm so glad i did it and like now it doesn't make me uncomfortable you know what i mean it's
1: just giving your brain like real hard
0: evidence to draw
1: on when it's giving you that like the theory of this is this is going to be horrible you can be like well actually if you look at like the facts when i did this it was absolutely fine. And I think it's helpful to speak in terms of like pricing. It's helpful to to think of your previous price increases. Hopefully, you've done you know some, mm-hmm. and actually think about what happened then, and ask other people what happened on the back of there. It's like I'm lucky because I have a I have a, a group associated to the people who use my program, and like every day every day I see the same pattern. They stress a bit. They think they can't do it. They're terrified. Then they say, "I've just put the email out. I'm absolutely breaking it." And I say, come back in like a week and tell us what happened, or I'll I'll find them and tag them and say what what was the update. And they're like, no one cares. No, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's almost like they're like actually I'm a bit offended. Like this is kind of ruined now because uh, like no one gives a shit. But um, yeah. So I'm I'm lucky that I see this, and I, I need to make probably more of a habit of sharing this kind of publicly just to give people like the evidence and the evidence and the evidence. And yeah, loads of it. So much of it is a mindset, and and um, I, I saw a post about this today. I see this quite a lot you'll you'll find this especially as you now uh, go by cash confidence stylists, is people will associate the phrase to you charge your worth mm. and i'm like oh i'm not super comfortable about this and I, I used to use it i used to use it a while ago because it's just like a nice sounding like yeah,
0: nina nina posted this today
1: nina yes, this yep. is it. yeah nina, t- nina we were having a chat about this and um and i, t- I totally get why people say it because it's just like a nice little package up phrase but the problem is is it's got into pe- like the kind of collective mindset and people are like well, how do I know what my worth is? I'm like, well, stop you there. Like, your worth is inherent as a human. Like, you were born, you have self-worth. Like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to produce anything or be productive or anything. Like, you literally have that because you you were born. Like, that is yours to keep. Yeah, when you do anything in the realm of, like, price and money, people, you know, people will invite you to speak at things and they'll say, Maddie helps people to charge their worth. And I'm like, I don't. Like... (laughs) (laughs) your your self-worth as a human is like your birthright like you were born you have self-worth like it has nothing to do with the job you do how much money you make the house you live in anything like that whatever happens you've got that and that's yours and no one can take that away from you so I'd love to unravel that as an industry like the the notion of charge your worth and it is as Nina rightly says it's it's more about the value and what your client gets that's a lot more of a mouthful to say so I would say like Maybe ch- even like charge what you deserve. People never feel as deserving as, yeah, as what they are.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, that's even. I feel like that can be yeah. detrimental as well. Yeah, because people
1: be like, well, I don't deserve it. So yeah, it's more. You know, I I would say like look at the price and the value is two completely different things. So like to a from a client's perspective, two different clients can look at the price that you set. One would see heaps and heaps of value in it, and the other would be like, this is no, this is not value for money at all. Yeah. Um. And it would be like going and buying a bag from like Gucci compared to going and buying something from like Target or whatever. Like there are clients for each, there are customers for each because everyone has a different budget. Everyone has different priorities and, but neither really worry about each other. And I think that's another, another thing in the industry is it's got a bit of a name for being competitive. I I don't see that because like, I feel like I know so many other hairdressers and like, but, but I think realistically we're really lucky. Like I think people when, especially when they work alone, like um they feel isolated and they feel like it's a bit cutthroat or competitive or they might have just had like a pretty bad experience with like someone else
0: well I think that can go into the scarcity mindset
1: yes there's there's a huge huge scarcity mindset issue I think with with stylists and
0: I have this conversation with Hayley I know she's been on this a
1: bunch of times and like we talk I said to her because Hayley's like a qualified psychotherapist and I was like I bet if you like psychologically profiled every hairdresser there would be so many similarities in like upbringing and we spoke about this before about ADHD like um like how we think and I I just think there'd be so many kind of trends and I think generally we're very much like people pleasers and a lot of that is I don't think that's about keeping people happy it is to an extent but I think that's about controlling the perception that other people have of you it's Mm -hmm. like I want you to think I'm great I want you to think I'm like the nicest sweetest most lovely generous person I can't bear the thought of you thinking anything bad of me um, and I think when it comes to pricing, people please it is like through the roof because we think, Jesus, what if I put my prices up and people don't think I'm the nice person? Like they think I'm this like evil,
0: Cruella De devil wears prada kind of woman. Right, greedy. All I want is money. Kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and 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 a lot of the time, there's a you know we see a big disparity like society-wise with men and women. Like you know, guys are charging top dollar, and it's like, yeah, good for you, like well done, and I pat on the back. Or you know you're a great businessman, and he's you know he has lots of awards and you know recognition, whereas like women do it, it's like oh she's cutthroat, you know she's had to really you know step on people to get where she is, like she sacrificed, you know she could, she didn't have a family so she could do this, and it's like why 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 are we bad? <laughs> like why are we right. evil and nasty? And you know there's um top tab- tab- of the coffee in in Australia, like she literally just refers to herself as like the bitch, like I love she's her. Yeah, she's awesome. It's just like, that's what people will just, and I think of this with most women who get right to that stage, it's like almost you have to accept not not being liked because people will inherently just dislike you for charging more money than them. Right. Um, right. And some of it is in your head, but some of it is external. Like I've seen a lot of people in the discussions in Facebook groups being like, especially with, the, you know, in the UK, we've got a cost of living crisis, like almost like shaming people for charging higher prices mm. Which is just so unhelpful considering like we've had a lifetime of being shamed. So the last thing mm. we need is our like industry colleagues to do it. And I call them like the Mother Teresa's. And it's like these are the people who are like, I'm not doing an increase because, you know, I don't wanna be a bad person. Um all I've seen this week is I'd rather be busy mm. The
0: prices up. I'm like, you're absolutely crackers. Like But and do I'm they not- think that you can't charge higher prices and not and like be, that makes you slower also? Because I mean, a lo- I know a lot of people that charge a lot of money and are just as busy as people who oh. charge hardly nothing.
1: Yeah, most people I know who've done price increases have actually become more busy because that confidence is really attractive and it, sh- it almost levels them out into this like different thing of expertise. 100%, yes. So clients are like, you know, fighting over themselves to get in because it's like they're, at this diff- they're playing this different game. But it's this it's a real scarcity mindset and it's really bad over here at the moment with like major and stuff. And it's, it is, it's like, I'd rather be busy. Like, you should be happy to have any clients, like, even if, you know, it means doing services that you hate or like work, you know, if someone wants to come in for dry trim for 10 quid, you should just take them. You should just do it. Cause money's money. You should be happy with anything, like any scraps that you can get. No, I'm like, this is setting us back loads. And it just doesn't have to be the way, like, and it's frustrating. Cause I'm like, I have so much evidence. Like I have so many people I know who I charging appropriately or more than they ever thought they could and actually have the most respectful clients ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, back to this, like the Mother Teresa vibe. I'm like, it's really cool for you if you don't have to do this, but what you might not be telling us is like, what's your financial situation? Like you might be sat there with like six figures in the bank, different revenue streams, household income, you know, much more than anyone else is here, no kids, no debt. So yeah, that might be great for you and that might be possible for you. But without knowing all of that, you're shaming a person who might be like a single mother trying to feed her children going, oh my God, I must be a horrible person because I'm, you know, profiteering in a in a um, cost of living crisis. So there's, it's right. almost like, it's like infighting of like the good guys being like, oh, I'm not going to put my prices up, almost creating this big gap between like, where the goodies and you're, you're the bad people, you know?
0: Well what's interesting, interesting to me is I almost see I from from what I have seen personally it's almost opposite where the people who are scared to raise their prices the people who are shaming others for being more expensive they're the ones struggling financially yeah. and awesome. and yeah, I yeah. almost think that they're projecting how they're feeling onto yeah. other stylists so because they can't afford that other stylist because they you know look yeah. at them as well that's just like too much then yeah they project that into their own business. And that's so detrimental to them. If they just realized, hey, I could look at that stylist who's charging all this money and go, wow, that's where I could be. Mm-hmm. It would be, yes, it would be yeah. such a big, a big shift for them, you know? Yeah. And and the I mindset. think that's where the mindset, mm. you know? Yeah, like
1: you, you can really clearly see like a growth and fixed mindset. Like the fixed mindset is they're absolutely black and white adamant that the loser client's, Um, they'll just swear blind, like, I can't do it in this area, I can't do it because I'm mobile, but they've never, like, tried to find evidence to, like, you know, Mm -hmm. to the contrary or anything like that. Um, Even though I've got loads, and I'm like, I'll show you, I'll show you a bunch of screenshots, I'll show you a bunch of people who've done this. Um, But also, it's like that it's like the crab in the bucket analogy have you heard this yes where they pull each other down Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like they'll pull each other down so it's like because they can't get out of it it's easier for them to just pull everyone into it um it is it's like this bucket crab mentality whereas when i see people who are doing what i want to do or if i ever feel like jealous i'm like oh let's think let's investigate this this is an interesting thing like what is it telling me because this is about me this isn't about them what is it that I want or what is missing that you know from my life and how do I change that and I I would be like I want to sit at the table with them like I want to meet them I want to talk to them I want to understand you know hear their story I want to listen to their podcasts and you know and I think that's a big difference between those two mentalities Mm -hmm. is there are people who are just like no this is my lot this is as good as it gets and I'm just going to stay put but I'm also going to kind of blame everyone else as well and I'm not going to take you know my own responsibility for how I can change, you know, how I can change things. Um, but, and and I think fair enough, like, if that's what you want to do, that's absolutely fine. I've got no issue with people working how they want to work. But what pisses me off is when they try and shame the people who are trying to better themselves and improve their life. Right. Because it's such a rocky path anyway. If someone on the internet shames them, that can really set people back. And it's like, it's a strange on the internet, but. Because the mindset is so fragile around you know charging appropriately, then that's that's the thing that gets me the most, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I call them my expanders, people that are doing more than me, that I like yeah, like yeah, want to sad. be there. I'm like that. Yeah. I they help me expand because they show me what yeah. I am capable of doing. If they can do it, why can't I do it in my way? Yeah, it's like a possibility thing, isn't it? It's yeah. like if you can be, it, you can see it. That's
1: it. Sorry, if you see it, if you can see it, you can be it. So it's like I want to I want to be physically around these people like yeah we can all look at everyone who's you know doing better than us and go and you know come up with reasons and you know excuses and slide them off or whatever but yeah I always think that's quite an interesting thing to observe is how people behave mm-hmm. around people who are like I guess you know at that next level to where they are in business. Do they want to drag them down or do they want to go, oh, can I come and sit up there with you?
0: Yeah, I think people, there's a lot of people out there that are so scared of like vulnerability, right? They're like scared to like look in the mirror. They're scared to Mm -hmm. take responsibility. Um, But I think once you actually start doing that, like I'm one of those people that I'm like, I will be a forever learner. Forever yes. learn. I will never yes. be so confident that I know everything. I don't want to know everything. I want to constantly be learning. Um, and I think that you have to be that way to a certain extent, you know, and and I don't think it's an easy road to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Because kind of going back to wanting to like, not necessarily people please, but feel validated, you know, like the ego thing. Yes. It's an ego. Exactly. It's like, I want to prove that I know these things and blah, blah, blah. But in, in actuality, like, I really think there's more value in constantly being curious. Yeah. You know, you see somebody doing a little more than you ask them questions. Don't walk up and try to act like you're there with them. I mean, maybe you are there with them. Maybe yeah. it's a com- you're lacking some confidence. Trying, or- you know,
1: undermine them and pull them down. Cause I've been right. there with people and I'm not going to lie. It's almost always guys like where they'll really underestimate the business. They'll they'll just be like, oh how's your little, you know, how's your little business or how's your little hair drives me nuts. (laughs) They've all been there. And I say this with my friends in different different niches and industries and um I forgot I was going with this. Um yeah and then when they realize or when they go, oh actually this is bigger than what I thought it was, it's like they'll try and trick you. So like I remember there was a guy a while ago and um and he was like so what exactly Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is what I do. And he was like, so what's your average ticket? And I said, oh, it's this much. And he was like, no, that's not right. He said, your average ticket, you couldn't blow dry price. And I was like, oh, I do hair extension. So my average ticket is is actually much higher. And, um, and he was going, you're not my guru. I was like, good. I don't want to be, and I'm not anyone's like, yeah. but I certainly don't want to be yours. You're not my kind of person. And he was trying to pitch me to, when he realized I had a group and obviously had like a bit of influence like in the industry. He was like what i want you to do is i want you to go back to your group and you know sell them this and tell them it's amazing i'll give you i'll give you a cut and the cut would have actually been about 400 pounds a person so maybe like 600 and and i said no thank you and he was like horrified he was like do you not want money is that what it is like- i don't want your money <laughs> <laughs> yeah i said i said money money's not the same i said i don't want your money i want i want money in like integrity and and I said, like, there's no way. I said, I can't go to my people and start so banging on about this thing that I've never used and would not would never use. Oh, my God. He was just, like, absolutely just awful. Like, and I feel like I've dealt with these people over and over again. Whereas, like, if I saw that in someone else, and when I do see this in someone else, I'm like, tell me everything. Tell me your whole journey. Like, that's why I love podcasts as well. I love to know how someone came from where they were to, like, where they are. Right. It just seems... A weird thing. Maybe it's a. Gap. Maybe it's like the negging thing. It's a bit like when people want to date you and then they're kind of horrible.
0: I. <laughs> You know what I think it is? Cause I'm getting this in DMS all the time. Like I'm forever, like if I get a, somebody that follows me that I see coach in their name
1: mm-hmm. and the
0: next thing, you know, they're liking all my pictures. And the next yeah, thing, you know, like I've never spoke to this person. I'm getting a, Oh my God, I'd love to help you hit six figures in your coaching business. And I'm like, who are you <laughs> one? <laughs> and, and yeah. it's, I feel like for me personally, I'm, I'm very much trying to build a business with integrity. Like Mm -hmm. I do not want fast cash. I do not want a million clients quickly. Like Mm -hmm. I want to build true trust with people. I want to build true friendships with clients. It I've done this with my hair business. I would like to do it with my coaching business. I am doing it with my coaching business. Um, and I think that people like that, it's like, again, it's a different form of scarcity yeah yes I think you know what I mean I think I think it's like a um it's a I need to have as many people I need to have this much money I need to hit this and they need to do it quickly yeah and it just doesn't come off correct
1: (laughs) I think I think yeah you will probably make quite a lot of money quite quickly but it's like what what's the long term like where does this go especially if you're not delivering on like your promises and things like that and I think that's always such a good value to have. Like in when I did hair, integrity was massive, massively important, and that looked like saying no. You know, when when a client wasn't a good candidate for something, asking them to take some time, saying you know not right now. This is what I need you to do in the meantime. And actually, that grew my business more than saying yes because yes. people were so appreciative that I didn't just take their money because I could have. That you know that it was able to say no. So I think I think this is the same for you. But, but I feel so much more drawn now to people based on like their values, like. I couldn't really give a shit if you're like a seven-figure boss babe in 30 seconds, like, cool. Cool. <laughs> but,
0: it's I probably smoke not. and mirrors anyway. It's probably <laughs> bullshit, but okay. Well,
1: yeah, we, yeah, we know we know a lot of behind the curtain of this stuff when you're a coach and you see a lot of the the grimy stuff. But, um, yeah, like I'd much rather be like, energetically, do we match? You know, would I hang out with them in real life? You know, would I have a coffee with them? Like, are we on the same page? And actually, what's, what's your ethos? Like, why are you here? and what drives what drives you to actually be successful is it because you just want to make a load of money really quickly or is it because you want to impact your industry and and by the way there's nothing wrong with wanting to make a bunch of money
0: right it's like is it money
1: at any cost or is it money because you give a shit and, and i think the same goes for people in the salon business in the salon industries when you are coming from this place of oh my god you know my rent's due i need to do this i'll do anything to make any money that really comes through energetically and that is almost like a magnet for clients are actually quite manipulative. Like mm-hmm. the ones who see you behaving like that and go, I'm going to see if I can take the absolute piss out of you because you look a little bit desperate and I'm going to see if I can not pay a deposit and come in late and get you to work outside of your hours and, you know, haggle on the price and stuff. Whereas when you have this confidence, and even if it's a bit of a you know fake kind of confidence, or when you get that confidence on the back of an increase, it's like this energetic shift. And I think, I think that is so much of why people tell me that they get more clients on the back of an increase is that they're almost like this different person. Like they're yes. showing up in a different way and it becomes really attractive, but to really nice clients, because it is like you've attracted people, isn't it? Like similar people.
0: Well, they've leveled up. They've mentally leveled up. And then, you know, clients can tell I, so this is something I've been thinking about a lot actually, because, um, so I only work behind the chair one day a week now, mm-hmm. and I had a couple situations uh, a couple weeks ago where I had to cancel my whole day, which I, mm-hmm. ha- I, I think in the 20 years I've been doing hair, <laughs> I can count on both hand less, like yeah. less than 10 times that I have had to cancel full days. Yeah. Like I'm just that. Like I'm very big on consistency. I'm very big on communication. I hold my boundaries very strong and I have the most amazing clients in the world for it. And it kind of going back to the people pleasing thing is like, are you really people pleasing? If you're not holding up to your policies, your values, you're really kind of people disappointing. Right. And mm-hmm. I, which I think, I think I stole that from Don Bradley. Cause that was one of my favorite yeah. like quotes, but, um, uh, but what I realized, so I had a situation where I had to close my whole day. And then, um, last night, actually I work on Wednesdays and last night I, I ran like an hour behind mm-hmm. and in both situations, okay. Canceling the whole day. The next time I saw the clients I had to cancel, I was like, Susan, I, I apologize for any inconvenience. She looked at me. She goes, Missy, you've been doing my hair for 16 years. That's the first time you've ever canceled on me. You are fine. Yeah. And then same, with, yes. And then same with yesterday. I was like, I am so sorry. Sorry that mm-hmm. i I ran so behind. Cause I let her know, you know, two hours in advance. Like I knew, you know, you're going to run behind, you know, you just, know, you yeah. like I hate when people are like, oh, I text them five minutes before you knew an hour ago that you were more than likely going to run behind. You can stop for one second with your client and text yeah, your next I'm client. To do this, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing. She was like, you have never and I, I did her, I, a lot of people have been with me for a very long time and, um, you have never done this. It's you're fine. It's okay. And I'm just like, that's where the communication, that's where letting go of the people pleasing and doing things the way that, that feel good. And, and like in line with integrity can give you those clients that, love when you raise your prices that congratulate you when you raise your prices that are perfectly fine if you have to cancel for an emergency that mm-hmm. the the clients that you look forward to seeing because they respect you they respect your business mm-hmm. um and I wish more people understood that
1: yeah and it's like it's I perceive it as like this e- like e- equals thing whereas I think there are a lot of people and there are even a lot of coaches with this scarcity mindset and I think the scarcity mindset means that the the power balance is really off. So it means that the client holds all the power and can control everything because it's almost like, well, you need me more than I need you. So I could go to you or I could go to another salon. So I'm going to make you work for it. And when the client holds all that power, it's just such an imbalance. And it's like, and that's when we get resentment and boundaries are just out of the window. We're just doing whatever they want us to do. And then it's not about it's not about you having more power than your client. I don't think we're above anyone or anything like that. I think we can have this really equal and equitable, like very open communication, very equal like respect. Like I will absolutely respect your time and your money. Mm-hmm. But I need you to respect my time and my money, and my income as well. But absolutely if we have this like, like equal conversation of this is what I expect from you, this is what you can expect from me. If that doesn't go right for either of us, this is what the process will be. You know that. Okay. And I think another part of people pleasing is just this terror of having conversations that you perceive to be difficult. Like, so many posts in my group are, how do I say this, like, my client has said this email or this text, how do I say it. And it's almost like they just don't have the tools and I'm sure that, again if you looked at their upbringing and whatever you would see a pattern in they just really really struggle with having difficult conversations. And it is it's this good girl it's this people pleaser it's this like i cannot rock the boat at any cost so i don't even have the toolkit like i don't even have the words to say okay i'm so sorry you couldn't make it today so i'm going to send you a link to pay your cancellation fee you can send me a deposit and i'll get your next appointment and see you then like they can't do that or to them that feels like it's just the most terrifying thing ever mm-hmm. because they're so far the other way of this real people pleaser um but yeah it just it just creates resentment like you will hate you will start hate your job you'll hate your clients you kind of hate yourself for getting yourself in that position unless you can kind of slide back into the middle and you don't have to go the other way and, and become a bitch and be you know nasty or anything it's not about being aggressive or anything it's this like lovely assertive but still a nice kind good person in the middle and your clients can meet you there like it's it's a really lovely place to do business from
0: well i always think about how how would i want my friend to treat me yeah you know yeah, like, like- Like I wouldn't want my friend to, to cancel dinner on me and lie about why they did it or, you know what I mean? Like I, I just, I would just, just be honest and, you know, and, and I don't think, I think there's a little bit of a misconception around boundaries that Mm -hmm. boundaries have to be mean, you know, like holding your boundaries. It's, and it's like, no, you can just be very, you can just communicate in in a nice way. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. For me, it's like boundaries are not a way to punish clients, it's just a way to protect yourself and the relationship like and they also work both ways like you can set yours but also the, the client has an expectation of you, which yep. is to again, you know, communicate, do the job that you've agreed to do, you know, add, um, give you aftercare advice and whatever else. So it's, it is a two-way street, and it's like, and when you agree on that, you agree on a price, it becomes this, like, really nice, even kind of contractual agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, boundaries. I know Hayley talks about this. Sometimes when people just get into grips with boundaries, they go, like, really the other way. And I see sometimes people in my group, and it's hard, because I'm like, you know, I'm proud of you, because I knew this was really hard, but they've really slid over to that side, and they're like, no, you will never get back in my chair again. You know, you've disrespected me. And I'm like, okay, we're a little bit... We're a little bit too far like
0: let's chill out a
1: little bit <laughs> just because they're learning they're just kind of finding their feet with it and sometimes they just overshoot it a little bit but um I, yeah it's it's really good to see this shift and I am seeing it like across the board in in people finding it okay to do this what I would love to see across the industry as a whole is is just totally normalizing this in the same way that it is with other businesses so you know depositable booking fees cancellations like not just having policies but enforcing policies Right, um, right. and just protecting our business and, and doing the same with boundaries around like working hours, how, and when we respond to clients, how they book in, how they contact us. And I think it would be just so nice to have it the same as, you know, if you go to say like the dentist, if you're late, they will cancel you and they'll charge you for the appointment. Like and you would just pay it. You would just know that's what I have to do. You know, I broke their rules. That's what I agree to. And I'm, you know, I'll go back and pay again, but for some reason for us, it just seems so alien and like as if we are just bad people but what people kind of don't get is the more we do it as a whole and quickly the more it just becomes normalized and when you see the fact of the numbers thing when you see the figures in how that adds up it is mind-boggling how much money is lost in a business like there's someone i, I share like her process and she's an Australian. she's an ill tech and she she has a deck collector which i think is like the coolest thing ever um called debbie and <laughs> debbie's just kind of like to put people off, like, I think she sent like two people to her. Uh Um, and it's just like a a deterrent really, but she will, you know, she charges deposits for everyone. If you're seven minutes late, she will cancel you. She will charge you. And I said, like, do you have the numbers for this? I'd be really keen to know like, what the impact has been. And she, and she made the equivalent of, so in our money, it's about three and a half thousand pounds. So maybe, I don't know, like four and a half thousand dollars in appointments that she didn't do in three months wow and that's like on top of the work she did so that was for people who cancelled too close to the appointment who were seven minutes later didn't show three and a half thousand pounds in that's that's what some people actually earn as their whole income um and that was on top and that was the work that she didn't do because she protected her income with you know with policies and actually enforcing things and seeing them through but because that is now the way that she does business everyone's fine with it like clients And I said, she was like, I've had clients that I've charged them more times than I've actually done the nails because yeah, (laughs) and sometimes the point where she's like, I'm going to not take appointments from you because I'm kind of feeling uncomfortable taking so much money when I've never done your nails before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, it's about like normalizing it and making it. So it's just, just really easy breezy part of how you do business.
0: Absolutely. I think um I remember so I went into a suite and from a commission salon and I was like I burnt myself out within like two, three months. Like it was I was a hot mess because I was in the people pleasing. I didn't think anyone was gonna follow me, you know, the whole all all the things in my head. Um, and then I got a business coach and I completely revamped, and that's when like everything, the beautiful business that I never knew could exist started happening. And I remember being scared that so many people are going to leave me mm-hmm. and then being so happy when they did. Yeah. Like the it's people so- that you don't want, like mm-hmm. they didn't like, they don't like the boundaries. They don't like the, they don't yeah. like you standing your ground, you know? And then they left and I was like, why was I so upset that yes. I was so worried they were going to leave. And I was so like, now the great people are coming in yeah. and like, I think that's a big, that one of the biggest fears is that all your clients are going to leave you if you raise prices, right? That's like the biggest, yeah. Same, but yeah. but I've asked people before, they'll literally tell me I'm so busy. I can't even think straight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's raise your prices. You know, I I'm scared. Everyone's going to leave me. Well, didn't you just tell me that you are too busy yeah. and what if you yeah. could have less people and make the same, if not more money?
1: Yeah. Like just as a, as a super like straightforward like numbers thing, if you raise your prices tomorrow by twenty percent and lost twenty percent of your clients, you would shoot yourself because you for every five emails you send, one of them's canceling, which feels like horrible. Uh, the panic would set in, but if you looked at your numbers, you are making the exact same amount of money because the twenty percent increase pulled up the twenty percent loss, but also you've just gone from five days a week to four days a week. So, yeah. you're just giving yourself like Saturdays or forever for the same money. And my like, people pay me a lot of money to get them there. Like, that is like a lot of people's goal and dream. And it, honestly, from the evidence I've got, like, I've never seen a person lose more in terms of percentage of their client base than that which they increase by. Um, and very often it's the complete opposite where they do the increase and they actually get this influx like we were saying of of new clients and and a different kind of caliber of clients like more i guess respectable clients people who really value the work that we do and i think that actually like boundaries policies pricing self-respect all this can act as this really amazing magnet and really polarise people and it really really strongly attracts people who are so good for you and energetically match you and match you on all those things but it also really repels these other people. And I'm like, why would you not want to really attract the people that you want to work with and actually get rid of all the people who you don't. And there's that whole thing with boundaries, like the people who don't want you to set boundaries to the people who benefit from you not having them.
0: 100%. And you'll
1: notice know if you've ever tried to set a boundary with a person or like a family member or someone who just does not have them and they hit the roof. And, and that, it just shows evidence of that, isn't it? They were benefiting in some way by you not having that. So yeah, I'd be mindful of how people respond. And nine times out of 10, they'll be like, yeah, fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially the ones that like, like I had a client recently. Um I forget what she said exactly, but she was like, she asked, how's the price increase going? I was like, great, great. And she was like, awesome. You're going to do it again in six months. <laughs> I was like, maybe. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Do well, you want yeah. me to? <laughs> like, yeah, but it's like, it's
1: like they, it's like they're your cheerleaders as well, you know. And they've seen you, especially when you've done worked with them a long time. Like they've seen this journey, you know. And I think some people are rational people. They know, like, do you know what? If I go into my job, I want to, I want to raise, like, I want to get more money because I'm, you know, I'm more qualified and more skilled or more experienced or whatever. And you know, inflation and stuff. So I think most reasonable people can correlate the two and go, well, I get that. So yeah, you do too. But yeah, I get people, I obviously get sent loads of stuff and people send me like the texts from their clients and they are like the sweetest things. People are like, yes, book me in. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like that's so much more realistic for the kind of work that you do. I've been waiting for you to do this. You can go, you know, you can charge even more. I, and the thing that I was actually, that I was thinking of as you've seen something before is like, like embodiment. So I do this thing now where I try and be the client that I want, mm. so. I try and pay people on time. Like if you give me like a month to pay, I'm paying on day one, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay in full where I can, like, I just, I'll show up, I'll be prepared and I'll put the work in because that's the type of client that I want to attract, especially, you know, coaching clients and stuff. And what I've, what I've noticed is that, and again, it's a scarcity mindset. There's people who are kind of pissed off that people won't pay X amount for a color, but the next minute they're in a Facebook group going, can anyone recommend a plumber that's good and cheap? But they'll, mm-hmm. they'll go ballistic if, if this, someone says oh is there any cheap hairdressers around they'll be like you know you're devaluing our industry and I think be the client that you want to have so when you're looking for other tradespeople and you know skilled workers and stuff be respectful of their skill and their expertise and or just be honest and say this is my budget not I want someone cheap like my budget okay. is this can anyone fit that and again, treat them with respect and be, be the kind of person that you want people to treat you like as well. And again, that will attr- that tends to attract those types of people in your life. Um, but yeah, I get this a lot with, with policies. There's this like catch 22 where I I have to enforce policies. You'll, you'll be the same in your coaching business, you know, and it's hard. It's probably the worst bit of our job is having to chase people who haven't paid us and whatever else, um, but because I teach this, because people pay me to teach them how to enforce their policies to their clients, I have to have a conversation saying like, you, you want to do this to your clients, so please be that kind to me, you know, please follow my rules and the same way that you want your clients to as well. And And I think when you were saying about these different levels, I feel like there's so many different people that you have to be at all these mm-hmm. different levels of business and like, it's hard it's, it is uncomfortable. But again, like if you want to have success, if you want to be like a a real life business owner, like real CEO kind of vibes, like you have to get uncomfortable, comfortable with being uncomfortable, like, because you will not get the business you want unless you're prepared to have, you know, challenging conversations or at least open communication with people and like set those expectations and stuff.
0: Do you believe that you can have a successful business without personal growth behind it no mm. like
1: i i was voicing my friend today and i said i feel like a russian doll i feel like in the last two years and i've maybe the last year so i've been in therapy as well like regularly for last year and a bit which has been incredible i know it's much bigger in the states like in the uk we wait until we're like really really unwell before we would ever in fact many people wouldn't sadly but um my therapist brilliant and i was like i feel like especially the minute I feel like I'm having this real mad kind of growth period in the business and personally it's like I feel like this Russian doll I feel like I've been cracked open and like next Maddie's underneath and then she cracks open and there's another one and it's like it's such a cool thing but it's hard it's like it's really hard and there's like the business stuff there's the strategic and again it's like the money the numbers the figures and the strategy but then there's like the person and I think this is the mindset this is like the imposter syndrome and being able to deal with the challenges that exist on this level that you kind of didn't even know existed there. That's been a really interesting like reflection and journey for me.
0: Yeah, same. This, the coaching business is, um, every like level, if we're going to talk about it in that way Mm -hmm. that I hit, it's a whole new personal growth thing for me, like that. I just didn't expect at the beginning. It's like imposter syndrome. You kind of get past that, you know, and then it's like, I don't know, it just just keeps, there's so many layers.
1: Yeah, it's like um, in the book, you're a badass, she calls it new level, new devil. And I was like, this is exactly, behind the chair, I remember like hitting a certain turnover. Then I was like, oh God, now I have to pay this VAT. Or I remember expanding and hiring staff. And then I was like, I have no idea how to lead people. Mm. Or, you know, there's there's just these things that you you think you want the goal, but you kind of forget that behind the goal is a whole other there's a lot of hard work and like challenges that live behind it i mean god uh, but back to what you said about learning like if i go a day and i haven't learned something like i'm pissed I'm yes like, i feel like my brain hasn't worked that day and i'm like i need to learn stuff i need to know stuff and if i've i wish i'd kept like a list and i started sometime of all of the things that i have learned and input so much more in the coaching industry is like the other day i was like googling custom CSS. And I was like, how have I even got to this point? I made a chatbot the other day, the amount of automations, Facebook ads, tech related stuff. Jesus, like.
0: Yep, that's been the you, last two years of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's, you can't, I don't think anyone you can describe
1: it until, you, until you've until you been in it. And yeah, people see this tiny little portion where you're like, hi, I'm on camera and I'm doing this. And it's like, to, even to create like a, like a course or something, all of the stuff that goes in behind the scenes I'd say the actual like delivering it is maybe like five ten percent or something like that so so little yeah and it's and it's definitely this person and I've I'm I'm going through the thing at the moment where which I can't share because it's like legal related things I don't want to I don't want to like mess anything up but um if this had happened to me two years ago I wouldn't have behaved in the same way I'd have been like yeah whatever like let them off you know we're just gonna pot you know we're going to continue on because it's you know i don't want to give this my energy whereas now i'm like no like i'm going to pursue this like this is not acceptable because i own a business and another business owner would not you know allow someone else to do this yeah. so i'm like oh, unlucky caught me at a really bad time for you it's right. like I'm so prepared to protect my business and my intellectual property and my livelihood that like this is not good you know bad times for them is all i'm going to say but yeah, and I just think this is so cool and like and you forget the people are watching you and like I get so many messages being like I was able to do this because I saw how you handle this. And mm-hmm. they might never have engaged with you when it happened. But it's a bit like kids, like you know, if you have a kid, they see and take in everything you do and they're like almost writing their manual of like behavior and how to act and stuff. And I think when you're in this position when you're a coach or you know, have any sort of influence or whatever, you've got to, there's so much responsibility with that. And in a way, I let that push me because I think, do you know what? I can't even do this for me. Like this is about how this helps other people and like the permission it gives them and the example that it sets them. And that's why the embodiment thing is so important. It's like I have to live and breathe what I teach them because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to tell them to charge properly and have policies if I'm not going to do this. Like that's not right. okay. If I'm not going to, you know, if I'm not going to chase a person who hasn't paid me, yeah, I would tell a person to do that. Like that's not okay. So that's cool. And kind of leveraging that for the positive rather than going, Oh, it's too scary. I'm going to just, you know, go back to where I was
0: before. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's, it's got it so true. Um, But I, again, it's, you know, I'm going to spend my life being curious and spend my life still learning and adding to the, to the pile, <laughs> if you will, Honestly, like
1: you'll be the same as me, like the giant pile of books with bookmarks at various points, because we've picked them up and put them down and come back. Actually, to them and-
0: since our last podcast oh, about yeah. ADHD, I have a book coming today. Um, it's called the disorganized mind. And it's coaching people with ADHD, because I've realized that about 90% of my one on one clients um, either think they have it or have been yes. diagnosed. So I'm yes. like, all right, we're going to learn how to, how to make this the best that it can be for them because, That's you know, amazing. so, so yeah, yeah, I'll let you know how the book is. <laughs>
1: yes, please do. I know it's the irony of having, I've got like five ADHD books that I haven't started. I'm like, damn, hyper I'm trying to find it. must be in the other room, but my husband bought me um a timer. It's like a plastic timer. It's pink. And when you turn it, it puts like a little red time on the clock so I can go write five minutes, write an email. And it's
0: such a good visual Oh, good board. to know. Good to know. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to remember that. Um m- I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> um I so I asked you this last time, but I'm going to ask again because this is the new question of the podcast and maybe yeah. your answer is different, maybe it isn't. Probably. Either way. <laughs> Maddie, what does being a cash confident stylist mean to you? So, being a cash confident stylist is having self-respect
1: even when it's hard doing the hard thing, even when it's hard. Um, and really being the person who you want to be in your business and letting other people see that and yeah, stepping into the shoes, the the big girl shoes, like the CEO boss shoes. I love it. I love it.
0: Thank you so much. Where can the listeners find you?
1: So on Instagram, I am
0: boss, your salon
1: or salon as you can say, um, that's me everywhere on Facebook website and stuff like that. But yeah. And, and do you
0: have anything for them? Anything you want to talk about or that they can yes. go grab?
1: I've got a free masterclass, which is how to overcome the five most common price and mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you can get that at boss your salon forward slash masterclass, or that is in my bio and stuff like that. But yeah, that's a really good place to start. It's totally free. Um, just come along and open mind pen and paper and see if I can change your mind on, on what you deserve to be earning.
0: Awesome. And I will put the, um, I'll put the freebie link actually in the um, yes. podcast bio thingy too. So it's cool. easy. Um, awesome. Maddie, thank you so much. Again, Don't I've said this last time you but you are welcome back anytime. Um, so thank you for coming on the Cash Confidence Stylist podcast. Thank you. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Talk with you on the next one.